0: amen amen ladies and gentlemen 380,000 380,000 was the estimated number of churches in America based on a, uh, a report from the National Congregation Study Survey back in 2020 along those same lines in 2019 there was another research that it was a life, life research that mentioned that 4,500 churches close every year in addition to that, 3,000 new churches start up. And if you add in there the pandemic of uh, COVID 19, I will believe that the percentage of those churches who closed and remained closed exponentially increased. You see, we weren't immune to that also back in the, uh, 2020 when the churches were closed, hours were closed to uh, on site uh, service and, and worship attendance. But what we did have was the live streaming. In fact, there was a time when in December of uh, 2019 when our live streaming kicked off that during Advent, that was the first time that we had cameras and, and because our goal was to remember the, those who are homebound, those who weren't able to come to our worship services, and we wanted them to receive and feel connected to our church even though they physically could not be here. And not only for the homebound members, if people were going on vacation, uh, business, or they were not feeling well, opportunity uh, was that people can gather their devices and watch online. Little did we know that several months after we unveiled the live streaming in our church, we will be fully dependent on that live streaming service where many people in our church uh, also uh, gathered in their devices and to worship together. And so that part of that is you have to understand that this year, uh, the research of 2019 and 2020 were the last ones. So this year, if if they happen to have another survey at the end of the year or 2024, uh, it's a possibility that our name or our church will be added into one of those numbers and both numbers actually, the ones that were closing and the ones that are starting up. I want to share with you, for example, that throughout this this whole, this affiliation process, we are closing, in a sense, of the name of New Hanover United Methodist, and then we are restarting a new one under New Ridge Fellowship. And that's in the fall. Uh, all of this is going to be dependent on the annual conference, which meets on May 18th through the 20th uh, on Oaks Expo Center. And so they're going to approve. Um, the their, their vote is to, to approve those churches who have gone through the process of disaffiliation. And if that's the case, then our official disaffiliation date is September 30th of this year. So if they did a survey, again, we would be listed on the churches closing, but also listed on the churches that are opening up under a new name, again, New Ridge Fellowship. But some people have been asking, so what's that going to look like as a church? And the best answer I can give them is that to go back into the basics in a sense of going back to the beginning. And what great example we have from the first church. And this is where I'm going to invite you to please open up your Bible to the book of Acts, chapter 2, I'm going to be reading reading verses 42 to 47. Uh, You can open up your devices. I'm going to be reading from the NIV version. Uh, If you picked up a red Bible as you came forward, that is the translation I'll be reading. But if you have a different translation, the words may be a little different. Just follow along. Again, that is the book of Acts, chapter 2, beginning on verse 42. All right, let me open open mine up. here for a moment and that title if you have a bible that has different titles on it that's actually the title of today's message the fellowship of the believers so verse 42 if you have found it please indicate by saying amen all right so they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and to the fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayer everyone can you say everyone? Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods, gave uh, they gave to anyone as he had need, and every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Let me pause for a word of prayer. Gracious God, as we come before your presence at this time, you know, to receive of your word, we've given of our, uh, of our singing, God, and we've, singing of our, uh, we, we've shared of our prayers, and we've shared of our tithes and our offerings, Lord. Let us have a moment to receive of your word today, and let it be so. We ask this in the sweet name of Jesus. Amen. So when we uh, look at the church, there's a lot of similarities that are going to be going from what we do right now into the new entity name when the time comes. But if you look at these six verses that we just read, there are several things that we can learn as a church. The first one is the members of this church, the earlier church, they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching, the Bible says. You see, they didn't have the privilege like we have right now of having our devices or our Bible to know and read about what happened during that time frame. So no, but the, the people wanted to know about this Jesus or what he did or what he taught, and the list can go on and on. But the only way they can do that is if it was people that spent time with him, and that's where the disciples or the apostles came to play. They were able to share uh, and they were devoted to their teachings the same way as you gather here in, or online and you're hearing the, the word being preached. They were devoted to that. They were devoted to the teaching of the word of God. But not only that, the Bible continues saying that they were also, these members, were devoted to fellowship. They were devoted to fellowship and I love the fact that uh, and a new entity name when it comes about in the fall, that is a New Ridge Fellowship. That is part of the name of the church, and fellowship is an English-translated word of that, uh, uh, from the Greek word uh, ko- uh, koinonia, which in, uh, encompasses like the intimate and spiritual communion between brothers and sisters in Christ and also the sharing of material goods. So fellowship is so important when the Bible is saying that they came to the, uh, and, and ate bread together, they broke bread, they, and they shared other things. And part of sharing other things is that the Bible is saying that they sold their possessions to making sure that everyone that had need did not have one anymore. So we learn about how the church members gave the community the material resources that it needed. That's the third uh, uh, part that we learn from this. The, they, they gave the community the, the, the resources of, uh, of the material so that way there was no need. Those who were selling, I believe, are the ones that had much, and so therefore they heard about this Jesus who was remembering from the the apostles, they're remembering his words to take care of the widows, to take care of the children, and that it's supposed to be one family coming together. And so those, I believe, that those who had much were able to sell their their possessions so that way there's no more need in the, the, the body of Christ, the new church. They were able to come and to know that the fellowship and, and knowing of all the things that they were able to do. And, 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 these, and these individuals, when they used the miraculous things in the name of Jesus, I tell you what, the non-believers noticed. You see, there were things that were happening that when I, when I heard, when I said for you or, or, or asked you to say everyone, everyone was hearing what the apostles were saying. They were in awe of of seeing what they were able to do, and part of what they were able to do is because they already had a promise that God had given them through the precious Holy Spirit. You see, these disciples, these apostles, they were able to share with the people, the non-believers or those who were hearing what was happening, whether believers or non-believers, they heard what this Jesus was able to do. They heard about the gospel, they heard about the good news, and therefore they saw miraculous things taking place. And one of those miraculous things is this Peter when he stood up in the midst of the people and he was able to speak boldly and tell them about this name, this man named Jesus that was crucified for them. And he told them, go ahead and repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. This is the same Peter who had denied Jesus before his crucifixion. Now Jesus had restored him and he came with this power of the Holy Spirit that is based on the uh, Acts chapter 1 verse 8 when it says there will be power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, not for you to keep it to yourself, but to be witness in, in Jerusalem and Samaria and Judea and all parts of the world. And with that same power, here is Peter; he's speaking to the people, and then they wanted more of that. So they were devoted to the apostles' uh, teaching. They were devoted to fellowship. They were devoted and, and sharing of their material resources, so that way there will be no one in need regarding fellowship and so therefore the fourth part we hear is that the church members met every day in the temple courts they wanted to know more about this jesus it, it wasn't enough to just come for an hour or two they needed to know more to make sure that what jesus wanted them to do they were able to first of all uh, repent of their sins receive forgiveness and then now what and that's why sometimes when we struggle, when we give our, our, our light, when we open up our hearts to receive Jesus into our hearts, and, and then we probably think that's it. There's, no, there's nothing else. No, we got to continue to seek the will of God. We got to continue to build a relationship that we have with God and with each other. But we do that because if we follow the example of the early church, they continue to meet on a regular basis. And the Bible says, every day at the church. Well, then what happens? When we think about, for example, those miraculous things in the name of Jesus, let me go back a little bit. Sometimes we think that miraculous things are based on the material goods. Well, no, we could actually see a miraculous change in people's lives. Let me give you an example. If you are an individual that uh, likes to cuss a lot, don't raise your hand, don't raise your hand. Uh, or you probably say, I, I know somebody that does, I know that somebody that, that can cuss when they were in the be- beginning and middle or at the end of each sentence. And you may know those individuals, but then all of a sudden you start noticing something in their lives. You start noticing a change that now they no longer cuss in the, in the beginning, they only cuss in the middle at the end, right? So there's a change. Don't knock that out. Don't knock that out. Don't, don't say that, does, that doesn't count. No, sometimes it's the small change that can maybe be a big change in somebody's life. So therefore, if they were doing the beginning, middle, and end, and then all of a sudden you start noticing that they are no longer doing in the beginning, hey, that's a change. And be like, oh, that's a miracle. That's a miracle. And then all of a sudden, you know, keep on praying for them because they can turn around that there's no longer cussing in the beginning. Now they're not cussing in the, in the beginning and at the middle. Maybe they're, they're still cussing at the end, but there's a, there's a, there's a miraculous thing um, taking place in their life, and you're noticing it, and other people are noticing it. And what happens is when you see somebody that is miraculously being healed by, or, or, or worked on, likely, more than likely, people are going to say, what, what do you have? What's happening in your life? That I see a change in you. I've noticed a change in you. And boy, was that, would well, that open up and says, hey, I, I've, I've given my life to Christ. Right, I, I hear that I, I, out of the, 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 the mouth, I cannot be cussing at one point and out of the same mouth be praising God. So i got to change my life. I got to change the way I speak, so therefore, I'm little by little, I'm trying to get a a control of what I say, and when I say it, and what I do, because I also learned that there's this thing called the fruit of the Spirit, that one of them is self-control. So therefore, if I have the Holy Spirit in me, and I have the fruit of the Holy Spirit in me, that means that in essence, God is equipping me with the tool of self-control, so therefore, let me start utilizing it. And if he's, certain, if he's worked on me, because you know what kind of mouth I had, if he's worked on me, he can certainly also do the same for you. And, wh- and all of a sudden, like, wow there's a miracle that's taking place. There's a, there's a change in that person's life, and therefore, like the Bible is saying, more and more were added to the numbers of that church that were being saved. And I gotta tell you, ladies and gentlemen, sometimes when we gather here and we look at a church and what it's po- the church is supposed to be about, what better way did it go back into the time and to see what happened because the Jesus that was teaching before and after his crucifixion, this happened after Jesus' ascension, and then with power and authority that's what was coming through. And more and more people were being added to the numbers. And here you are today. If you give your life to Christ, you are added to the numbers each day. I want to be known as a church that people can go over there and, and, and from the community and, and the surrounding communities and even other locations because of online services. Says, if I'm ever in that area, we got to go to this church. This church openly and freely worships God in the midst of our differences, in the midst of our disappointment. And our disagreements. They put everything aside and they worship God as a body of Christ. They had, they can, you can tell that they are still focused on the Savior and their Lord Jesus Christ. And so therefore. If you are experiencing that and other people start noticing it, like, oh, there's something there. I really believe that, and like like today you experience today that if we need to, to stop and do whatever we have to do to just focus on what is happening at that very moment is being led by the Spirit, that if we have to pray at that moment, let's go ahead and pray. We want to be led by the Spirit, not necessarily a piece of paper. And so therefore the time comes when knowing that you are not alone Maybe you've been praying, oh, if they, if they could just stop for a moment and just pray and all of a sudden you see it and you can just worship God and say, thank you, God. And then when you leave out of here, you share with the people as a church saying, you've got to come to our church. There's healing that's taking place and the God is speaking to, uh, uh, for the people and working in them and through them and for them. And this is the God that continues to work in the lives of people because He is still alive and well today, not only by what we're saying as a church but what we're doing as a church and therefore it brings us to the last and final point is that the church members enjoy the favor of all the people I don't know about you but when they gathered for breaking of the bread I thought about if you look at my physique I like, I like food just want to let you know that If you've ever been to, uh, one of the favorite things I like is the the potluck dinners or the lunches, and and you bring something. And sometimes people be like, I I don't have enough for everybody. No, but just, just bring a little. And if you're like me, I have witnessed that when people bring a little bit, and all of a sudden that little bit starts being multiplied, usually at the end there are leftovers. And so... I can see when people be like I, I don't have enough to eat. I don't have my my kids don't have uh, food to eat and and the church they're, wow they're they're eating they're, they're cutting bread and, and, and they're eating bread and they're and they're having a meal and they're having a conversation and it's okay cuz they're they're welcoming my family. They go at least my kids and my family have something to eat even though I need this church came alongside and they didn't even worry about it. I heard that they were selling the possessions so that way everybody didn't, that was there didn't have a need. And so therefore by giving we're able to then receive, and the receiving of the blessings that God, a little bit of what God has blessed us with, how we can multiply it. I wanna be the church that's known in the community, and um, several several years ago, as I was preparing to uh, be a pastor, and I I believe I was already a pastor, but I wanted to learn a little more about churches. I remember one specific um, uh, workshop that the presenter said to those who were participating and those who attended, he says, hey, let me ask you a question. If your church closed today, will the community be neg- negatively impacted? It wasn't for people to answer at that time. It was a question that almost towards the end, he asked that question, and it got me thinking, you know what, ladies and gentlemen, I don't want to be a church that if we close, that the, the community is not impacted. I want them to be, uh, in a sense, if we're not here, we know that the community will be negatively, uh, negatively impacted. I I. I I, I nitpicked a little bit last week and I, ta- I talked about several ministries of making a difference. I spoke about a uh, response crew and I'll, and I'll bring them up again today. They are individuals who go out in the community whether they are members or not. If there's a need we want to be able to respond and you see people with those, whether it's orange shirts or, or with a smile on their face and, and working together and laughing and people start noticing it's like, hey, what's going on there? What's that, What's that? What are the people there? Who are they? And then it's like, oh, we belong to this Church and, and this church is like, I want to be a part of that because I want to be a part of this response crew and reaching out. How much do you charge? No, we don't charge anything. It's our heart, we're, we're being the hands and feet of Jesus in our community. And I want to be a church that's been known for our community, that is a, a church that is for our businesses, that is for our schools, that is for our homes, that is for our families. And therefore, by being the church that we're supposed to be, what excitement awaits us? And I'm not saying. That we're not doing that now what i'm saying is that we as a new mission statement that we have really reflects back on this scripture here the mission is to pursue christ to grow together and impact the world and if we are focused on that mission that we're doing this together at all ages then we can achieve the vision that every person will live a life transformed by christ and by doing that, ladies and gentlemen, we're, we're able to equip ourselves with the things like the core values that are going to help us along the way, the core values of God's Word, the core value of prayer, the core value of passion, the core value of unity and relationships, the core value of authenticity and of serving if we utilize those core values to achieve our uh, being uh, focused and engaged in mission, we're no longer having to say that we are the church because people are seeing that we are. I just pray, ladies and as we continue moving forward, that God continue to bless our church, that more people will be added into it, not because of the physical growth, but spiritual growth. That they know we got to go this church. They really worship. There is healing that takes place. And not all the time is a physical healing but certainly spiritual healing. I've had this weight on me. I've had this bondage on me. I feel like something is just weighing me down and I hear about this Jesus who holds the keys that can set me free. And you should be proud as a church to say that's the kind of church that we're in. That's my church family. And you know what, to end, uh, if I could have the musicians and singers uh, come forward, I remember this specific, I didn't say this at the other eight o'clock or nine o'clock service. I remember this specific time frame of worship service back in 20, I think it was uh, 2021, right after the Holy Week, we left it as two services. We had the, uh, in in the sanctuary, and we're up here as in uh, the worship team, and as I looked out, If I remember the number correctly, there was 13 people who came that Sunday. And they sat all the way in the back. (laughs) Everything else was clear. And and I remember uh, hearing saying, I think we should stop. I think we should stop the second service. No, we got to continue. And here you are specifically as a 1030. You're definitely more than 13. We continue to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. We continue to share the love with others and be a church that is based uh, sharing God in our community, showing love, but also being the church, like the apostles, saying, hey, repent. Be baptized. Receive the forgiveness of Jesus that is provided for you because you know what? We're a messed up church. What makes up church? We have a beautiful facility, but we, the church, the people are the ones that are messed up. I mean, it's not because we go to church because we're perfect, but because we are messed up and we need God. I need God each and every day. It takes a lot of courage to be able to stand up here in front of you and, and, and say that in the sense that, oh, but you're, you're the pastor. You, you know, no, I'm a human being too that goes through uh, trials and tribulations just like you. I need Jesus in my life and i am just being as real with you as authentic with you that i am no better than anyone but i try to do my very best to do what god has asked me to do let's be the church that is for our community let's be the church that's going to make change and positive change in their lives that they will notice of all the blessings that god has poured out that they want to say i notice it i need to be part of it let us pray gracious Most holy God, we're thankful. We're thankful for your word today. We're thankful that as we think about even in our lives and we evaluate the things that we stop, the things that we change, the things that we revitalize, let it be the same in our church. As we seek you, as we do, I try to do the very best to do your will, because we as bo- uh, one body, Lord, connected through the Holy Spirit, we form that one body and knowing that Christ is the head of the body. Whatever will come our way, whatever spiritual battles we may have, that we can remain focused on who Christ is in the midst of uncertainties, God, in the midst of struggles, but also in the midst of joy and celebrations, we give you thanks for who you are. And we're so thankful that you have not forgotten about us, that you are patient with us, God, and that we can return back to you because your word says that if we return back to you, you will return back to us. Let us be the church that pleases you, God. We ask this in the sweet name of Jesus. Amen.